welcome to the new normal the platform for serious matters covid-19 is giving us enormous challenges on the one hand it's testing our quality of humanity on the other hand it's testing our capability to face the difficult times it is time for us to talk about the economic impact on covid-19 my guest is today mr lolita abesinga he is a managing director chelina capital and founder of the opportunity sri lanka which is a portal for foreign investors who wish to invest in sri lanka and also he is a thought leader he was a commissioner for securities and exchange commission in sri lanka studies in united states of america and a fellow of the toronto center of canada welcome to the show Welcome to the new normal. Uh, the world is hit by the COVID-19, the latest pandemic, and many people are talking about that. It's a talking point in the world at the moment. And give us a brief discussion or the brief overview about the local economy before this pandemic hits the country. Thank you, Nilanta, for deciding to meet me. Yes, uh, as everyone knows, it's not a secret. Local economy was not uh, at its best prior to. covid as well economy was already in the hospital and only difference that covid brought about was the patient was transferred to the icu the economy economic patient was transferred to the icu and the measures that were taken as a result of covid was in my opinion blessing in disguise they were anticipated like covid in fact helped the implementation of some other very critical measures that uh, were implemented as a result of the crisis response and then uh, i think uh, it was a good eye opener in sri lankan perspective uh, in a way uh, i am always uh, looking at the positive side of things in a way good so that as a nation uh, we began to learn to go back to frugal existence a lot of people in sri lankans uh, as you know are very much uh, used to live on unreal means so everybody realized and understood the need to go back to frugal existence live within your means that is ancient knowledge is what uh, sri lanka and the sri lankans are now learning i sincerely hope the sri lankans will continue to live within the means and this is the lesson the country as a whole and the sri lankans are learning and then if we can make best use of this learning and plan things uh, from this standpoint for the future we can have a very bright future you said that covid-19 has not 
change what has what was going on sri lanka yes in, in fact the, uh, what i said this the economy of sri lanka already was in the hospital was transferred to icu but That's in the, the same time the world bank has issued a recent statement let me quote it if if you can give us a moment the unprecedented crisis posed by the coronavirus or covid-19 will mean that south asia might experience its worst economic performance in 14 years with at least half its countries falling into a deep recession yes. so that mean is something is bigger than we think yeah because of uh, coronavirus is, yes uh, i don't know whether we could call it a recession or economic slowdown economic slowdown obviously is inevitable it will take a while for the recovery economic slowdown will happen definitely and uh, if you can interpret as a recession yes it can be called a recession what i am saying is in sri lanka uh, the rich are anyway rich poor have been poor and then covid has not made them any poorer than what would have happened to them without covid rich actually is did not get richer as a result so the impact is mostly on the so called middle class especially the lower middle class and the middle class upper middle class also of course uh, curbed their consumption patterns the middle class and the lower middle class especially daily wage earners are only suffering so their spending is not happening in the market uh, so as a result uh, there is uh, the liquidity level is low in the market but however somewhere with somebody the money is there it's just that the money did not get converted into the goods and services that they were otherwise consuming uh, having said that i do not say that there is no problem there is a problem but sri lanka was already in a problem anyway so this new problem is not a big deal in my opinion if you were already sleeping on the mat the fall is not very painful you will fall on the you be still on the floor from the mat to the floor is not a very big hit so i am urging or like i sincerely hope the sri lankans will as i said earlier will learn to manage their consumption pattern to be within the means that they have spend on goods and services that you can afford to simple as that for the middle class and the lower middle class and the rich and the poor i as i told the status quo remains the same it's just that on one it did not improve on the other it not uh, did not get any worse because it was anyway worse since the independence there are several government came into power they have introduced several visions to reform the economy in sri lanka what was the latest is vision 2025 introduced by the previous government now the new government is in power please what do you think about those economic plans were promulgated by previous governments since independence all the economic policies introduced were aimed on social welfare so there is a limit that social welfare can be extended in my opinion we have gone beyond so actually the help should be extended to the deserving only not to everybody uh, but there was a time that uh, the water was given free for people and then wastage was humongous those days as an example 
and then there was a lot of protests when the decision to charge for water was made but however people got used to it actually uh, things should not be given free for everybody but you should segment the people who cannot actually afford to have anything free and then they should be give, extended with some kind of support but not on a broader perspective to give everything free for everybody. So the country is very lucky I am I would say and fortunate that they could keep giving the, the support, social support the governments were giving, social welfare the governments were giving. Unfortunately for the governments to come into power they kept increasing it none of the political parties or leaders did dare to say okay I am going to cut off all relief packages you earn if you want and then spend was never the slogan of any of the leaders or any of the government so every government kept promising various different things which people even did not ask so it's not a new thing that nobody asks for a the reduction of fuel prices and nobody asks for a salary increase of 10,000 rupees that was introduced since you spoke about vision 2025 yeah. and that was the biggest uh, setback that government experienced in my opinion without having an alternative plan to get that loss compensated they implemented it and then as a result they, uh, the money that was available to spend on welfare and capital expenditure uh, was not available anymore. So the government had no choice but to borrow uh, for consumption. So borrowing is for consumption is not the best economic model uh, even the grade 12 A level student would uh, definitely understand. Talking about vision 2025, vision without action is a daydream that is bad and if we have action without vision that is a nightmare. Both are bad, this is what the country has been experiencing time to time. Either it, uh, we were daydreaming or we were going through nightmares, nothing was planned and the plans kept changing since independence, economic models kept changing that is not very good, uh, the, we have to have consistency in anything we do uh, that uh, in Sri Lanka unfortunately it is not the bureaucracy that makes plans, it is the politicians. So when the political parties come uh, regardless of whether the previous government implemented is good or bad for political reasons they keep changing those projects and if you look back and see uh, for no reason uh, all consecutive governments change the names of even some welfare activities for example Samurdi that it, the name kept changing number of times uh, for what like uh, the change in the name is the most important thing or improving the, the purpose behind such schemes is the most important thing so it is uh, quite unfortunate but however country is very fortunate and then uh, economy is resilient uh, country kept moving forward actually we could have been 
uh, in a much better position and lost opportunities are enormous but yep. uh, country keeps going forward. Since you have talked extensively about what has happened in Sri Lanka and what are the missing links in economic reforms in Sri Lanka, tell us is there any country from which we can learn how to solve these problems? Well, yes, we don't have to go far. One obviously is uh, Singapore and then it's very uh, the famous book by Lee Kuan Yew. They, he was benchmarking Sri Lanka as the economic model. Then he, he in fact wanted to make Singapore Sri Lanka. So, but uh, that's not the, uh, but we can't keep talking about it. So, it's, it's, it's very simple. You have to take some bold decisions and then uh, it's all about competitive advantage of nations. If you can concentrate on competitive advantages of nations, the country's uh, country will go forward. We have to select one area uh, and then one government should focus and give priority to that area and improve it. The rest will fall in line automatically. For example, uh, during the war, the then government focused mainly on the war and that was their priority project and brought an end to the war. At the end of the war, what needs to happen with the end of the war is not the most commendable. Everybody is talking about it now. Okay, Now that the war ended, expenses are less, security is at its optimum, safety um, is there, stability is there, but did or didn't we miss that opportunity as a nation? We did. That's, that's the problem with Sri Lanka. So, consecutive governments should have uh, taken the baton from there and taken one to five main areas as priority projects and could have developed the country uh, in that way. But uh, and the, the same government that ended the war also concentrated on the road network that is actually commendable. So, if that was the only thing even if they did and had uh, continued to complete the road network completely, then we would have had a better uh, platform to build on from there, that point onwards. If you look at uh, the countries uh, that benefited from uh, the Soviet influence uh, prior to the end of Cold War, all the necessary physical infrastructure was put together by the Soviets or with the help of Soviets in all these countries. So, their per capita GDP is much higher than Sri Lanka even now. So, building from that point onwards is much easier for those countries. Same thing we could have done also. Even if you borrow and uh, spend that money on physical infrastructure, uh, it is better to borrow and do it today than trying to do it five years later because the cost will be 100 percent higher. So, it's, uh, it's no magic that you have to follow. Uh, it's simple economics and supply and demand. Follow the free market dynamics and then you are there. Sri Lankan economies need to be recovered. Please tell us what are the short term and long term strategies which we can implement. It has been 
a long felt need in Sri Lanka. The biggest problem for Sri Lanka is our opportunity inventory is not bankable, absolutely poor. Our opportunity inventory is not investment shovel ready. Our opportunity are in the most instances associated with very low returns. Now, I will compare it with a situation, the Sri Lankan dollar bonds, dollar denominated bonds listed on Singapore and other markets are giving a secondary market yield as high as about 30% in dollar terms. There is not a single project opportunity in Sri Lanka that gives that kind of return, but this is a short term development. However, our development bonds with sovereign uh, security has been giving a phenomenal returns and then uh, and then our re returns on banks uh, the dollar deposits also is around 4 or 5 and then whenever we go in for a new dollar denominated bond issue the returns are around 7% in the recent past and then if someone wants to invest in sri lanka what you have to look at is that 7% plus uh, when you have to, you have to anyway convert uh, your investment into rupees and do business here. Unless you are looking at a business that gives you dollar returns, but if you want to take your dividends back, converting the rupees into dollars, then you have to look at the uh, hedging rate. So hedging rate, uh, as published by some of the prominent international banks operating out of Sri Lanka, is around eight percent. So that eight percent plus the against the hurdle rate uh, uh, informed investor would look at by benchmarking the hurdle rate, rate to the government bond yield is 7 point plus 8 is about 15 percent uh, a dollar return. So, you hardly have any projects that has a 15 percent uh, dollar return in Sri Lanka. So, that is one of the reasons. So, one we have to make our inventory bankable, shovel ready and then we have to look at the ways and means as to how our potential return regimes can be improved if you really want to invest, uh, attract uh, medium scale foreign direct investment into Sri Lanka. There is no doubt present government has managed to control the pandemic. The president, the leadership of the country must be credited for that. However, the economic recovery is a long-term process. Do you think the government is capable of doing this? It is not about uh, a government, it is about individuals. Governments are made up of individuals. So, individual mind frame of Sri Lankans per se is not that conducive for foreign direct investment. And then uh, the mindset of most of the Sri Lankans from bureaucrats to technocrats to politicians. I do not refer to this government per se or previous governments. However, Sri Lankans think the world is revolving around Sri Lanka and the opportunities we have are the best opportunities in, uh, in the world. Therefore, the investors should be ready to go through any kind of frustration and still invest in Sri Lanka, which is not the case. That is why uh, we are among one of the lowest in this region uh, in terms of attracting foreign direct investments. However, it can be changed and it will be changed. 
the, the governments and the people making policy decisions will realize this and then uh, do will do policy adjustments and the modifications to the existing uh, legal frameworks and then things will fall into place. Right. It is time for us to wrap up this interview. Any conclusion remarks? Of course, yes, like uh, Sri Lanka said as I started this uh, discussion, curb their consumption patterns individually as well as as corporates majority of Sri Lankans have been over trading. The, if you know the consequences of over trading you will not over trade anymore instead live within your means plan within your means look at economic feasibilities pay serious attention to economic feasibilities take such instances like uh, the COVID uh, into consideration in doing your economic feasibilities and do your projections accordingly. A few months economic slowdown or total lockdown if you take into consideration into your financial models you will not suffer. For example, the companies that are struggling to pay the salaries of their staff I mean small SMEs should think twice if they you can't pay your salaries for uh, three months during a lockdown uh, is your business model right I mean this happened only for three months have we been saving for 70 years we have been in business right companies have been in business so where is the 70 years saving the companies are struggling and complaining that they cannot pay the salaries of their staff for three months. There is something radically wrong in their business models. So, I would urge all companies to relook at their economic models and do not uh, anyway um, look at start speaking to CFOs, CFOs, look at gearing ratios, do plan your businesses paying serious attention to borrowings, do not do your business with highly geared environments, then you will not have the problem of at least paying uh, the salaries of the people who have been helping you to make money all this while and then have some reserves built. We, the Sri Lankans uh, have been saving a lot uh, if you remember during uh, our childhood, our parents saved, they bought properties, they bought houses, build houses, they, their savings were spent on absolute necessities. What we are doing now is we are always spending two or three times more than our monthly income and that is giving actually, that is why the, even the corruption is high everyone wants to make an extra buck uh, because they have started to live beyond their means companies to individuals if we come back to frugal existence live within your means they will be alright that is my uh, concluding remark on this subject. Mr. Lolita Basinger, it is an honor to have you on thank you very much for your time hope to see you again.
Thank, Thank you, you Nilanta and uh, your team for this uh, initiative and then uh, it's very, I'm sure it's going to be insightful. So I did not talk about traditional economic theories but I was very open and spoke about uh, things as I felt and as I see. Thank you. Too. Thank you so much.